CW Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Newscast. My name is Lou Mangello from WDWRadio.com. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2012, and I'm coming to you live from Disney's Wilderness Lodge lobby here at Walt Disney World. I'm joined by my friend Tony Caggiano from TonyCaggiano.org. And we are once again brought to you by our friends over at touringplans.com. They are the research team behind the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World, helping you save up to four hours per day at the Disney theme parks with their crowd calendars, their fast pass wait times, and return times, their lines application, great blog, and lots more. You can go and visit them over at touringplans.com slash Radio. Show a little WW Radio love when you visit touring plans. All right. Let's get into this week's uh, Walt Disney World news. You flew down all the way from sunny and snowy New York to be here for the newscast. Uh, let's get right into it. I think part of the reason why you're here, Tony, is to check out the new exhibit opening in Interventions that you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. That's why I'm here. But it's called Habit Heroes, and it opened sort of a, a, for a soft open this week. It's located right by some of all thrones with the big Kuka arm. Have you ridden mm -hmm. that? I have. Like it's that. awesome. Are you, do you do ultimate scary or are no, you? I you're, do. You're a sissy. Uh, that's fine. You're a sissy, Mary, but that's all good. Um, it's in Interventions East. It's presented by Florida Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and it teaches you how to live a healthy lifestyle. I haven't had a chance to go and view it as yet, but what I have heard from some people, it's pretty intense and you actually get a workout. Really? So you will probably stay far away yeah, from from, <laughs> from having to do with that and like it. Like the gyms at Walt Disney World, I've heard that they exist, but I try and avoid them uh, at all costs. Another thing that's been soft testing over the past week, pretty much every day, is Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. We've got to go and check that out tomorrow now that you're down here. This is this uh, new interactive game, very much like the Midship Detective Agency we've talked about. Over the past few weeks, they've been doing cast testing, some intermittent guest testing. They're now doing play testing every day this week. And again, the idea is that you get these magic spell cards. You hold it up to these different windows located throughout the parks to uh, uh, help sort of uh, defeat these villains that are trying to steal one of the four shattered pieces of Merlin's crystal ball, protect the Magic Kingdom at all expense. You get a great map. Uh, and these cards from the Firehouse on Main Street, USA. And there are these mystic portals located all throughout the Magic Kingdom. Hearing a lot of really good reviews from people who've played the game, some people who have beaten the game already. Uh, what I'm understanding too, is that right now it's testing at a single playing level, like a single easy level to test the visuals, the sound, the interactive elements, how it's affecting uh, crowds. But at one point you will be able to actually select different levels, a moderate and a hard level as you start going through, which is nice because you don't want to frustrate little kids, but you also want to have a replayability uh, aspect to it, and you also want to make it more challenging for adults as well. So I like that idea, something that is not present on things like Kim Possible, Midship Detective. Uh, I, I really like it. You also have the collectible card aspect. There's like 70-something sorcerer's cards. Very excited about So, And that's the cool thing. It's like the baseball card part that you get to collect the cards, and you'll be trading. I think that's what you're going to start seeing too is the trading of the Sorcerer card as well. And as people start to play more, you'll see which are the more powerful cards, which are the more collectible cards, and maybe which ones might even be more rare than some of the other ones. Um, I've said in the past, I love this idea because it adds another element, it adds another layer to the onion for it. We liked playing Midship Detective Agency. I know you've probably done Kim Possible with yep. your kids. What do you think about something like Sorcerer's of the Magic Kingdom here? And is it something you'd like to maybe see 
in all the Disney theme parks. I really like it. I think it's nice that it's it's there and it's an offering, but it's not out in front of everybody. It's not in anyone's face. You don't feel like you have to do it. And but it, for people, a lot a lot of people listen to the show who are regulars, so to speak, in Disney World. I think it offers another layer of enjoying the parks. I really look forward. Yeah. And, I, and 70 cards. I mean, I'm excited right. about that. You're gonna want to go back just to get the cards, yeah, and just to I see what cards. you can do. I don't know who's seen the cards. They are absolutely beautiful. The artwork on the cards yeah. is fantastic. And I look forward to that. And I've read and heard that there are some cards are, like you said, more collectible. There are right. some cards that are more rare. So I think it's a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. People are asking if you can use cards from a previous game. I believe so. You get to keep the cards when you're done. And I think when you go back, the more cards you collect, I think you're able to use them even if they're not the five that are distributed as you leave. I'm not sure if you have to activate the cards or not. Again, I've only played for a couple of minutes and I'm going to do a full review, I'll do, a, I'll do a, a full video of it, but I want to wait, to be fair, until it's officially opened. I don't think it's fair to do a review of something while it's still in test mode, while they're still adjusting what it may be, because it may change, they may make improvements to things that, as they get guest feedback, uh, they will improve upon. Yeah, and, they're judge and you don't want to judge it while they're working the bugs out, because I know a couple of people said they had, there were little issues right. in there, but that's really what this soft, soft opening is all about, is to work the bugs out. So right, and I hear... I'm really excited to try it. And I hear, too, that they've already made changes, so they've increased the volume in certain areas, they've adjusted the screens. Stan Solo says the cards will hold your score for two weeks, which is interesting. So if you want to play multiple times during a single trip, but again, maybe come back a week, a month, a year later, whatever it might be, how those cards yeah. might be able to work. And the other thing too, so they're saying, yeah, the, it will clean your history after two weeks, which is good, so you're not sort of collecting all the cards and then there's less of a challenge for you. Um, but I think what it does too, because of the way the, the portals are themed, it's easily swappable. You're not swapping out props or animatronics like you are at Kim Possible, where you've got a rock, a lantern, a, a kiosk, whatever it might be. Here it's just a visual. It's a screen, it's maybe a map, whatever it might be. So like a Star Tours, like a Toy Story, there's gonna be an increased level of replayability, not in two weeks, two months, but two years from now too. Yeah, I'm, I think that's a great thing because when I remember when they added to Toy Story, I've ridden it a bunch of times and I love to ride it every time, but it, it's it's very exciting, it's a lot of fun. It's exciting to go back there and see a What's new, new level when right. they add it in or they can throw in new tricks and tweak it a little bit and they can really do that here, so I'm excited about that. And look, you know, the feedback has been great so far because again, it's optional. And like, look at this, right look off camera, this. Scott Otis literally just flew here from Otisburg and he actually brought us Jeez. a copy of the map. There you go, look at you bringing, looking out, Scott. look at you bringing props. So there's a really neat, and look, I mean, even I think the map itself is collectible. You know, and like you said, the cards are beautiful. So if you see what these cards look like, there's a Hunchback card, there is a Tony Caggiano card, uh, I'm sorry, P Pumba. And I think from what, if, for folks who've seen the Midship Detective Agency, if they really blessed it up with the cards, whereas the Midship Detective Agency right. is almost like first generation of this sort of thing where you had the black blotches on there. So the cards weren't, they're not nearly as collectible. They really didn't, each card had a different configuration right. of the black boxes on there. But I mean, these are gorgeous. They're beautiful artwork. And, and they've got, you know, again, you've got things like the attack, you've got the, the boost, the shield. So there's different sort of playability levels for each card too. It's not just collecting cards. So, I mean, it's got a, a great role-playing game 
Because you probably spent a lot of lonely weekends in your house playing Dungeons and Dragons growing up, right? And by growing up, I mean until now. Yeah. So it's got that level without, again, the um, he's sitting in the Jersey basement. Dungeon master right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on from Sorcerers. Again, we're going to come back to this when it officially opens, probably, I would assume, in the next couple of weeks ago, the next couple of weeks from now. Uh, let's go from the parks, let's go to the movies. And I don't mean literally go to the movies, uh, because the next big Disney release, and I've seen the trailers for this, and this looks very cool. It's not quite Avengers, but it's very cool. John Carter, formerly John Carter of Mars, uh, is going to actually be able to uh, be screened at the premiere theater at the back lot of Hollywood Studios for annual pass holders on March 3rd and 4th. Uh, in 3D at 10 a.m., 2 p.m., and 6 p.m., You've got to go to the event page on the annual pass holder website. And keep in mind, too, it is a PG-13 movie, so not necessarily appropriate for all the young kids. But I think that's really, I can't remember when they've had an advanced 3D screening inside the parks. And I, and I love the Premier Theater venue, too. So I think that's really cool. I wonder if this is something they might start doing even more in the future. Yeah, I think they did it a couple years ago, one of the Tinkerbell movies. Okay. But that's really a made for TV, made for right. D, straight to DVD kind of thing. And this is a this is a feature film, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, you have until February 22nd, or when tickets are sold out, if you want to register and go. Scott Otis, you going to see John Carter? He says yes. He didn't hear me, but he probably you're going to. He's yeah. on the ball. He's saying yes. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. Hey, <laughs> this uh, this will apply to you, Tony Cantiano, and hundreds of thousands of other people who know about Disney's not so best kept secret, Disney Vacation Club, because you are now able to purchase tables in Wonderland. Don't. I did not know this. Well, now, well, you now you, that's, that's why you why come to the newscast. That's why I'm um, here. We, are, we were originally told that this may happen later on in the spring. We've now been told that it is happening now. Uh, you can purchase it at Guest Relations Desks. It's $100 for DVC members and Florida residents. Annual pass holders get a discounted price of $75. But this is, to me, it's the best value on property, is the Tables in Wonderland card. You can come over and come sit on Tony's lap. Um, what it does, Tony, is, and we just used it right here at Wilderness Lodge at, at Whispering Canyon, it gives you a 20% discount at most, not all, table service restaurants in Walt Disney World, and even some counter service restaurants as well. The card is valid for 12 months from the time that you purchase it, and it applies for everything, including alcohol, for up to 10 people. So I'll tell you, if you use it right, if you, in, in one sitting, it can pay for itself. That $100 or $75 can pay for itself. It basically pays for the tip, but again, a large meal with alcohol, a lot of people, it, it's, uh, and, and I'm happy to see it's being extended now to DVC members as well. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. I've always been an annual pass holder, so I was able to get it, but I know a lot of DVC members that weren't, and I think it's nice with everything that goes into your DVC membership, your annual dues and all, I think it's nice that they extend that. Really makes you feel, you know, welcome home is means a little bit more, you know, really bringing more right. for you. James Disney Nutt, who is also a DVC member, DVC member, also let me know that online reservations are now started as well, so you don't have to, longer, you don't have to call member services anymore, you can actually start booking it online, which is a lot of, especially when you decide at three o'clock in the morning that you want to come down, you don't have to worry about waking somebody up, you can just do it uh, right from there. Would be the first time. Yeah, and people who are in the box who are very excited are saying, yeah, it's great to see a perk like this um, being rolled out for DVC, DVC members uh, as well. Ray makes a great point. Your gratuity is paid. You get a 20% off, and then the 18% gratuity is added, so there's no heavy calculations going on in your mind. It's just signed and done. Really happy to see that being extended out 
uh, to DVC members as well. And if you are an annual pass holder or DVC member, you need to get Tables in Wonderland. You cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, let's move on. Your kids pin traders? You guys yeah, pin traders and all? Thanks to your kids. Well, listen, we're here to help support the cause. Uh, and if you are a pin trader, September 7th through the 9th, they are going to be holding their annual pin trading celebration at Epcot's World Showplace, Millennium Village. Oh, how I miss you so. This year's trade celebration theme is going to be called Mickey's Circus, which is nice, tying into sort of storybook circus going on over at Fantasyland. More details coming soon, which is sort of market calendars off. If you are a pin trader, that is the sort of pin ultimate event to go to, again, September 7th through the 9th, 2012. And if you are a pin trader and you like coming to Walt Disney World and you love trading not only with cast members, but with other guests as well, I bet you a lot of people don't know, not just for pins, but for vinylmations as well, they have Disney Trader Nights. And those are held, uh, the next one is gonna be held March 2nd, 2012, from 6 to 9 p.m. over at Disney's Contemporary Resort in the Fantasia Ballroom. And it's a free activity. It's open to everybody. You can come in, your kids can trade vinylmations, you can trade vinylmations in a very sort of casual, fun setting. And I love this, Tony, for a couple of reasons. It not only, now you've got something to do in the evenings outside the parks, it's open to everybody so you can bring your kids. It definitely fosters that sense of community and engaging with other guests, which I love seeing. I think, I think things like sorcerers do that, pin trading does that, vinylmations do that. And now having a venue where they can go and you can bring your kids and it's not people trying to take advantage and like, oh, that limited edition pin of 100, let me trade you my... It's, it's sort of an, in a fun sort of place like that. Uh, it's inside, so you don't have to worry about being outside anywhere. Really like those, and, and hopefully people will start to become more aware that they exist. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that's been going on behind the scenes with people getting together and training pins. And you see it in downtown Disney a little bit, kind of middle of the day, so people out there are books of pins training. But I like that they're bringing it into the resorts and right. making it an actual activity for as a guest here. Right. Just so many people doing it. So Martino's asking if there's a schedule for trading nights. Uh, you may be able to go to the Disney events page or the uh, Disney pin trading page. There may be some information about it there. Uh, I will post these dates in the show notes this week over at www.radio.com as well. And Tony, the final bit of semi-news, um, and you can come in, you can weigh in on this too over there from Otisburg, is uh, a rumor about something we've been hearing for a long time and it's gotten a lot of buzz on the social networks um, and the online community and it's about potential changes coming to the FastPass system. And the rumors are, not that anything really is changing because you would assume this is the way it was supposed to have been set out at the beginning, is that there's going to be a, a more closely enforced timetable as to what your FastPass says. So if your FastPass is between 1 and 2 p.m., you now have to use that fast pass during those times. You'll get a little bit of a window beforehand, about five minutes before. You may get 15 minutes after or so to, you know, for late arrivals if there's traffic by Peter Pan or you're late coming from lunch, whatever it might be. But if you're gonna try and enter outside those window times, you're not gonna be able to use your fast pass. Now, I, I think this is interesting on a number of levels because again, there are fast pass times there for a reason. Disney's been very liberal with the enforcement for it uh, for years. What has happened as a result of that is sometimes you will come back for your fast pass time and there's a line. Because all those people from 11 a.m., 10 a.m., 9 a.m., and 12 p.m. are now here at one o'clock trying to use their fast passes. So by enforcing it, 
it may seem like it's strict, but in instead it's trying to, I think, help the guest flow through even better. So you guys are nodding that you sort of agree yeah. that to do. Yeah, I think what it is is, is it's taking it back to the way it originally was intended, to, to spread it all around uh, throughout the day. And you know, it, it is a, it might seem inconvenient at first because we're so used to using right. them later in the day. But right. I think, you know, as I say, it's bringing it back to the way it was meant to be. Especially, the, and those of us who are locals, I think sometimes we do that a lot too. Sure. We'll get a fast pass in the morning. Ah, it's all right, let's go get something to eat. We'll go hang out, whatever. Oh, let's go use our Space Mountain fast passes from one o'clock at seven o'clock. And to a certain degree, it's not fair for the people that are saying, hey, this is my return time. Why is the standby, why is the fast pass line almost as close as the the standby line. So I think in the long run, people may might say, well, hey, this isn't fair, they're being overly strict, but I think it's going to make the fast pass work better. And I think too, it may be leading the way for what's to come for the fast pass system. I think that we, we all sort of know, without knowing what's coming down the pipe, we know that there are gonna be changes coming with this next gen technology, with these interactive cues, with potentially uh, a, a more, customized, personal kind of thing, if they go with the sort of RFID wristband system, this will sort of let people start getting more used to using that. And again, I think it's going to overall improve the experience for the people that use FastPass. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. This is what the system was designed to do. Right. And it's really based on statistics, I suppose. Right. Like how many people can they handle at any given time? And for me, I would rather have that window, show up in that window, and have my FastPass actually be a FastPass, where I walk on, and according to their system, the theory is you pretty much walk onto the ride, which would right. be nice. I appreciate that. I don't have a problem coming back in that right. window. Because that's what FastPass is supposed to be. You come back and there is no line. And, some, and oftentimes we do. At, a, at, at a, a Peter Pan's flight or some of the really popular attractions, there will be a line. I think this will obviate that. And again, I think in the long run, it, it'll make for a better experience. Uh, I see people in the chat room are talking about this a lot. I've seen a lot of this on Twitter and Facebook. But I'd love to hear from those of you who are either watching on YouTube at the WW Radio blog, or if you're listening to the audio on iTunes, please come by to the show notes over at www.radio.com for this week's February 8th newscast and comment there. And that's this week's, that's the question of the week is, what do you think of these potential fast pass changes? Do you think it potentially intrudes on your vacation because hey, intangible thing, you know, things that you don't expect happen. My kid had a meltdown. We went back, we fell asleep, it got too hot, it rained. How are they going to sort of work that into the system? How flexible is that 15-minute rule going to be? And what are the cast members going to be instructed? How much sort of, um, uh, how much leeway do they have in, in enforcing or not enforcing those rules? If mom comes, oh my God, it's our last day, we're leaving my kid in a meltdown. Scott had an accident, can we, can we come in? Um, how strict they might be is something that we'll have to see. But yeah, that's this week's question of the week. Uh, please come by, comment on this week's show notes. would love to hear more. love to keep this conversation going there as well, especially as we're expecting this to start rolling out probably in the next few weeks, how it's going to play out in real life, what the real world re reaction is going to be. And again, it's something that's easily tweakable too. Nothing is sort of carved in stone. I also want to remind you guys too, this Saturday, February 11th, is our five-year WDW Radio anniversary. If you are listening, watching, streaming, barely paying attention in the box, or if you are listening to this recorded, we are having a five-year anniversary party just for you. We're going to stream five hours live in the Magic Kingdom doing however many challenges you 
have submitted and voted on over at www.radio.com. We're going to have this adventure starting at 10 a.m. right here at www.radio.live.com. Scott, uh, Scott, Tony, Glenn, me, and Becky Mankin are the not-so-fab not, five. Not so very um, fab. The interesting thing are going to be the roadblocks that we don't really know what those are going to be. That uh, It's going to be sort of like the amazing race, the not-so-amazing race with us. And it's going to rain, which is going to be a nice touch, which should be, make it even more interesting. I haven't interesting. even seen the list. That's, I've avoided I, the list. I haven't either. Um, about it, so. I, for some reason, suspect that I'm going to be bald and wearing some sort of women's clothing. Clearly, I'm going to be well, wet can only hope. at some point as well. <laughs> but if you're going to be in Walt Disney World, if you're going to be in Walt Disney World, we're gonna listen. We gotta, might as well have a party, right? We're gonna be here, so let's have a party at 4:30. And when you think of parties, what do you think of? I think of ice cream. You, no. No. You, cupcakes. You think of cupcakes, and that's why, why we're gonna go. That's why we're gonna go to Baby Cakes in downtown Disney from 4:30 to 6 p.m. If you visit www.radio.com/slash five, the number five, you'll find out how you can get your free ticket to the the WW Radio five-year anniversary event and. Courtesy of Baby Cakes NYC, a complimentary dessert as well. Get your tickets now. They are going very, very quickly. Uh, you must have a ticket, one per person, in order to receive your complimentary um, birthday dessert treat. Um, don't forget, too, we're also going to announce the winner of the WW Radio Trivia Contest. And the winner receives a six-night Walt Disney World vacation with tickets and dining for four people. And that's courtesy of our friends over at mousefantravel.com. We're going to talk about our, our favorite episodes. You can still submit your five favorite episodes to Lou at www.radio.com. We'll talk about them during the five hour. We're going to have a, a five-year anniversary slideshow at some point as well. And, and, and there's more. You guys, you don't even know about this. There's going to be an announcement. Not a little announcement. Huge. Epic. Huge. And you read it. It says huge announcement huge, in my notes. Big, large font. I guarantee it's more huger than you expect. It's more hugest. What? Yeah. It is. It is beyond huge. It's be. You know what? It, you know what? It's even more huge more than the New York Football Giants winning the Super Bowl and so, celebrating here at Walt Disney World. Eli Manning, Yay! I love you. The, season, the season's <laughs> over, man. Screaming "Go Giants!" now does nothing. It obviously, it obviously worked. We're gonna go find. So, uh, oh, with so that, busy. again, we already did. Don't forget to visit us uh, in Walt Disney World in downtown Disney at Baby Cakes NYC, located right near T Rex, the big oh, scary. The wonder buns. Oh well, try the waffles. They're delicious. Um, or if you can't make it live, that's okay. We want you to be part of the experience. WW Radio Live starting at 10 a.m. Saturday, February 11th. Took me a second to remember that. Yeah, thanks. And um, don't forget, too, to visit www.radio.com for our podcast, the videos, blog, lots of great blog content, lots of great contributors there, discussion forums, contests. What else? Also, oh. all manner of stuff. Yeah, audio guides, audio trivia guides. books. Oh, and speaking of five years, also come by, get your limited edition five-year anniversary pin and it's, you do it for a good cause because all the proceeds are going to go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. You'll find all the information there right at www.radio.com. Thank you, Tony Caggiano. Thank you, Scott Otis. Thank you, Jeff and Scarlett. Woo! From touringplans.com, the sponsor of this week's 
uh, newscast. And of course, thanks to all you guys in the box, watching on YouTube, on the blog, and listening over at iTunes. I very much appreciate it. I love Wednesday nights. Join us every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.radiolive.com. I am Lou Mangiello from WW Radio. Have a great week. See ya.